0: This episode of Designed by Architectural Record is sponsored by Vitro Architectural Glass. Are your sustainability goals high? At Vitro, their glass products with lower embodied carbon can help. Vitro's updated environmental product declarations, or EPDs, for their flat and processed glass products indicate that their glass contains 6% less, that's right, 6% less embodied carbon than the National Glass Association's industry standard. And it shows improvement on the figures they reported in 2017. Achieve greener results in your next product when you choose vitro glass products with lower embodied carbon than the industry standard. Learn more at vitroglazing.com slash carbon. That's vitroglazing.com forward slash carbon. Enjoy the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Designed, a podcast by Architectural Record. We appreciate you listening, and once finished, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, rate us, and leave a comment. If you'd like to learn more about design and see all the other great content that Architectural Record has to offer, please visit architecturalrecord.com for more information. Enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Designed by Architectural Record. I am your host, Aaron Prenz. As always, thank you to everyone out there for listening to the podcast. And when you're finished, don't forget to claim those CEU credits just for listening to the podcast. That's right, folks. So simple. All you have to do is go to continuingeducation.bnpmedia.com, answer a three or four question quiz about this uh, about this episode and get your CEU credits now. Simple, easy. Go do it. Visit architecturalrecord.com and follow the podcast on Instagram at designed.podcast to stay up to date with everything we have coming up. Today's episode, a very special one. We have renowned hotelier Liz Lambert and the one and only Biarca Ingalls here to talk about their partnership with Icon and the Sunday homes at El Cosmico in Marfa, Texas. Really a wonderful episode. I think, you know, one of the things I find really interesting in this episode is the relationship between the two of them and how they work together. And there's a lot, a lot to take away from it in, uh, especially in a place like Marfa, so I don't want to delay it too much, but sit back, relax, enjoy. Here we go with
1: Liz Lambert and Biarca Ingalls. Now, Liz, it's so nice to meet you and Biarca, Nice to see you again. I feel like you're inescapable in Austin. I feel like every, you know, <laughs> restaurant that you go to or hotel, you're somehow have been a part of. And we had uh, I told you this, we had our podcast Christmas party at one of your restaurants. So big fan. But we're here to talk about The Sunday homes at El Cosmico in Marfa. Now, we've done a couple Marfa episodes. And for people that don't know Marfa, it's a small town, about 1,900 people, way deep West Texas, Uh, known, a lot of people know the Prada Marfa sort of building. Which is
2: not actually in Marfa, by the way.
1: out Marfa adjacent, yeah. But can you just, if you can, Liz, walk us through kind of the history of Marfa. I mean, Donald Judd had a huge presence there in the 1970s. -hmm and what it is in pop culture now, and how you came upon El Cosmic?
2: That's a big question. They're all big. Um, (laughs) Marfa is a town of close to 2,000 people in far west Texas, like you said, close to the Big Bend. Um, It's uh, in the Chinati Mountains, right, uh, uh, adjacent to uh, the Davis Mountains. It goes back, obviously, to, you know, there Cattle ranching was probably one of the first big industries there. And that came about as a western expansion pushed westward and the railroad came across from the east to the west. Marfa was a water stop originally for the steam engine train. It developed like that over, you know, since the 1800s. Uh, it was Indian territory for a long time. There were a couple of forts there, Fort Davis. And more recently, which you referred to uh, the history of Donald Judd and Marfa, Judd came through Marfa when he was in the Army in the 70s, always remembered it. He was an artist in New York showing and really had a, a belief that art should not just be hung on gallery walls and then taken down, but it should be uh, permanently showed. Particularly, he loved the idea uh, of it uh, being in the landscape and he had remembered Marfa, went out. Back out to Marfa, and since the I think early eighties, Judd was a presence there. Marfa at the same time was sort of drying up a little bit um people were moving kids were moving out and not necessarily coming back so uh Judd's arrival was great for the town I think uh, Judd died in the in the nineties ninety four or so, but his legacy continues. The Chennati Foundation, which was founded by Judd and others continues to operate, and the Judd Foundation, which is um, separate from the Chennai Foundation, which is Judd's personal collection, continues to operate at the Block and other places in Marfa. Since then, lots of artists and different folks have moved into the small city, which is surrounded by ranches, so it's sort of landlocked in a way, and the uh, ranching industry still continues. Lots of other things are interesting about Marfa. I've, I have Marfa is near and dear to my heart because my family is in the ranching business. We still ranch in the area. So I've been going out there forever. And when I lived in New York for a while, when I came back, I knew that I wanted a place out of Marfa. And I went out to one of our ranches between Marfa and Fort Davis and redid an old bunkhouse there. When I got into the hotel business, I did my first uh, or second hotel in Marfa, the Thunderbird, that I'm no longer involved with. but. That led to El Cosmico eventually. I realized when I did a small hotel in Marfa that the point of being out there under this vast night sky, one of the darkest dark sky places in the United States, would be to be outside and to be able to see the stars. And that led to me buying a piece of property on the edge of town that was kind of tucked between the Border Patrol and the highway. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. So we started using trailers and tents and u- units that could be moved around because we didn't know how to use the land exactly. And here I we are, about to move it like two and a half miles away. A from, traveling hotel.
1: From yurts to airstreamers. I think it is one of the more unique sort of hotel experiences that one can have. But Biarca, I wanna have you chime in here because one, first off, I just wanna say this is a, the the firm that you've built, very impressive. I'm sure you know that. But what I think is really interesting is that when firms get to that level, we'll say like a Foster's or an LMA or something like that, they tend to stay in the large scale civic realm. Largely, I would say those sort of firms. Your firm has somewhat stepped back into some small scale activity. You have, you know, the, your partnership with Lennar and you're building with Icon, these homes in Georgetown. Obviously we're talking here about the Sunday homes at El Cosmico. So can you. Talk about one the design process of what these Sunday homes are, but two, what is the importance of big coming back to the small scale?
3: Uh, excellent. excellent, like, like like with Liz, you're very good at packing like a ton of uh, a ton of questions. It's it's experience. purely
1: inexperience. So.
3: <laughs> exactly. But, but uh, let me uh, but let me just actually pick pick a little bit up on something that I was thinking when um, uh, when Liz was talking about Marfra. and then and then I'll, I promise I, I'll arrive. <laughs> uh, at, at, at the questions, but but uh, but I think one of the things that that's quite special about Marfa and, and Liz was touching on it towards the end is that we have a tendency to associate uh, landscape and nature with uh, the biosphere. Uh, so when when we think about you know going into nature, communing with uh, with nature, we, we're thinking about T- trees and, and vegetation and green. And, and I think uh, one of the things that I find fascinating with places like the kind of desert-like arid landscape of, of, of Marfa. And, but you also find it in, in the Arctics, you know, in Iceland or Greenland or, uh, Svalbard, the north of Norway, is that you can't call them lifeless, but somehow the geological landscape is allowed to emerge. And because the air is so dry from, uh, like no moist, but also no pollen. And you, you have this kind of ultra transparency that when the night falls, you really feel that you're standing on a, on a heavenly body in the cosmos. Uh, and I think that becomes, becomes very clear at, uh, at, at Marfa. <laughs> I, I, hence, hence the name El Cosmico is that. And, and I think you can, so you have to go to these seemingly lifeless desert. It can be an Arctic desert or, uh, you know, a subtropical or tropical or arid desert of sorts, but to, to, to have this kind of planetary feeling. And then, then I think that that's one of the things that makes Marfa so special and why we were very excited uh, to, to, you work. know,
2: I've heard them called before Biarca, thin places, the places where you feel the closest to the cosmos or the heavens um the veil is sort of lifted or it's more easily pierced than being uh you know in your regular everyday life
3: exactly 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 and I think that that is that is one of the things that makes Marfa and El Cospico's so special on an experiential level and then I then I would say to, to, to your actual question about small things I think one of the things that is also special about the culture of Marfa and I think that has somehow informed Liz and in turn Liz has helped inform with her work uh, in hospitality is is this this kind of return to basics or the essentials that um and, and of course it's very it's very prevalent in the aesthetics of of judge's work but this idea that a, 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 a redefinition of luxury not not as being cushioned or a, a, a layer of veneer or, uh, or or you know like uh, a luxury coating on top of things, but I kind of back to basics. Uh, we we went. Uh, I, I celebrated my, my my birthday last year uh, <laughs> uh, with with Liz, and we went to her uh, her, her little uh, uh, hideaway, where essentially a trove for uh, for cattle has been or, or, or horses has been converted into a a, a little uh, a dipping pool uh, uh, in, in the middle of the, uh, of the desert, and it's. It's such a, it's such a unique and beautiful uh, experience. It, it it holds everything you need in its purest form, uh, and and I think that that kind of aesthetic of um, of uh, of somewhat eclectic, but with an authenticity of picking what's available around you from the ranch culture, from the indigenous uh, f- fabrics and and patterns. You also see it in, in a lot of uh, Dalenjard's own collections. He collected all these different things, high and low, like some of the greatest artists uh, of the time and 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 some of the crafts of the uh, of the local culture. So, so I think all in all, there's just something incredibly desirable. And, and we would love to to be part of of Liz's next venture into reimagining what El Cosmico could be. And, and then, of course, there's the there's the partnership with uh, with Icon and, and our mutual friend uh, Jason Ballard. He's um, the best. Uh, he's the best. Exactly. He is the best. And and, and he's also the founder of Icon. And <laughs> um, and I think the idea of Icon is that it is true that the projects we're doing right now with with Icon are small in scale. It's uh, it's it's uh, El Cosmico and the, the, the Sunday Homes and and the uh, reimagining of uh, of El Cosmico 2.0. It's it's the Liz Lambert uh, Concert Pavilion in 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 Austin. <laughs> I'm very sorry.
1: nice, by the way. Very nice. Yeah, <laughs>
3: and, and and it's uh, uh and, and you know it's it's uh, it's it's the future of, of of single family homes. Working with Linar, the the greatest single family home provider in, in in the country, and it's also making a small home for four people on the South Pole of the Moon as part of the <laughs> Artemis pro- program. So so uh, and, and and also in Yucatan, making uh uh, uh very very affordable housing. For for people in uh, in need in in, uh, in Mexico, so so each of these projects may be small in themselves, but they have a potential for incredible impact from uh, addressing the future of, of affordable housing to uh, c- c- uh, sort of pioneering the the future of construction in terms of additive manufacturing and robotic construction, and of course um, maybe b- building the first uh, permanent human uh, habitat on. On the moon, on another world. So, I see uh, all
2: these things as related, Bianca, by the way. You know, when people ask me about the construction that we'll be doing at El Cosmigo, first, I get so incredibly excited. I, I just I can't believe that I'm here at this moment because I do think we'll look back on this in a, in a few years and think this is the moment that the, the way we build changed. Um, and I think Jason is at the forefront of that, and uh, Biark is at the forefront of that. Um, I think it will change everything in a more sustainable manner. And I couldn't be happier for us to have El Cosmico as a laboratory for that change. Um, and I think that, you know, part of what BIG is doing there and ICON is doing there is pushing the technology that they have to learn how to build on the moon. I mean when we when we start talking about doing domes and arches and parabolas and those things that you don't get to do usually in a, a little box of a house they can play with that there you know
3: there cuz well, I'm I'm sorry like cuz you can say like in some way what we're doing with linar is you can say to prove that you can do you can do uh you know, typical the standard, you know, of, of the yeah. highest sustainable quality, et cetera But you, you can deliver the the status quo with a whole new technology. But what we'll be, be trying to do with the with the, with this is in a way to really explore the, the repertoire that becomes available with three D printing and complex geometries, curvilinear geometries that would be hard to control uh, with with masons and and blueprints suddenly becomes available in, in a completely different way. And, 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 and in, in that sense, you can say that um, the performance pavilion at the Long Center in Austin was a little bit of a, of, a, of a sample. You could say it's a kind of Marfa Cosmico embassy in Austin trying, uh, trying to use the, the, uh, the hyperbolic paraboloids, the, the undulating uh, walls, and, um, and and even playing with it because The additive manufacturing is depositing one bead at a time you could create this almost geological striation by gently mixing the the medium differently so that the the architecture ends up looking a little bit like the geological strata you sometimes see it's uh, so beautiful on the exposed rocks you find somewhere in 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 the desert um so so in that sense um really taking El Cosmico and, and the collaboration with this as an as an excuse to push, push the technology uh, uh, as much as we can in, in all directions.
1: So I just want to say, y'all say what you want about my questions. Your answers spark just <laughs> as much stuff in my head. So it's on all of us is what I'm saying. But I think working with ICON, it, it's an interesting sort of concept. And I, I want to keep this somewhat focused on El Cosmico. But Throughout the, what you've been doing in the recent years with Icon, Liz, for you, just like, what was that decision that this is now the face of El Cosmico? And what are some of the challenges and successes that you've seen throughout your experience with Icon already?
2: I mean, oh, again, huge question. I don't even think there was ever a decision. It was just an opportunity. It was just a, uh, like, are you, are you kidding? I, you know, now I, now that I've gotten myself there, it, it, you know, what, what I imagined as a, a, a expansion of El Cosmico, fairly small in the beginning. I, I, we knew that we needed more units to really make the business model work. Marfa's not an easy place to do business, but it's one that I, that is very deep and in, uh, in my heart and a labor of love always. But we've always known we needed more there. We needed you'd have more reasons to stay longer. Uh, we needed, um, we recently put in a permanent stage a few years ago, but we needed more units and maybe a restaurant and some other things uh, for people. When I started talking about doing that expansion, um, it just so happened that I was working with Big on a completely different thing, just sort of Tangentially, we were um, somebody in uh, Biarca's uh, uh, New York aus- office it was from Austin, and she had asked me to be part of a team that was doing an RFP for Governor's Island, and so we had been talking. And at some point, I t- I just mentioned to her that I really wanted to do affordable housing in Marfa, because Marfa is one of those places, not unlike a ski town or something of the sort, that is, is because there's not uh, a lot of places to develop. Affordable housing. And because people are suddenly buying second homes there and then Airbnb being the homes that they have when they're not there, it's created a housing challenge for the town. So I mentioned that to her and she said, Oh, do you know Jason Ballard of ICON? He's in Austin and we've been working with him and his whole mission really is to end the global housing crisis as we know it in his lifetime. That just gives you a little bit of who Jason is. And so We hadn't met, but when I met Jason, I was so, you can't help but not be infected completely by his vision and not only his vision, but where he's taken it. It's, he's been just by sheer will and talent and the talent he's attracted at Icon. And, um, you know, I could go on and on his vision. He's been able to push forward pretty quickly. I mean, so when you go and visit ICON, you can't believe what they're doing. And it's right here in Austin. And just seeing the technology and seeing the printers and seeing their, de- their development and all, all the things they're doing. Um, and he was like, I've always been a huge fan of El Cosmico. Please let us work on this. And one thing led to another. And then suddenly the, the 20 acres we had at the existing El Cosmico could not contain what we wanted to do. Um, We were right up against the border patrol and the city was moving closer toward us, meaning there was more development, you know, right across the street from us. And the specialness of what I've always thought El Cosmico should be, which is kind of the vast desert landscape, by the way, you're we're as high as Denver out there in Martha. We're over a mile high. It really should be in a place where you can see the stars and you can see the mountains and, and we could spread out a little bit. And once Biarca and his team got going on it it was like just not a runaway train but a bigger train than i imagined i was going to be on and so i had to find another place to put it and that's what got us to where we are moving el cosmico like two miles away on the other side of town out on the edge of town where there is less development and we're kind of surrounded by ranch land
1: and it's moving to 62 acres, right? So we do live in a very nostalgia heavy culture. And now there are, I'm sure there's people that have been going to Marfa for the last 10, 15 years that say, oh, Marfa is not what it was. And El Cosmico is going to be different. But what can people from a design perspective expect from the new El Cosmico?
2: Well, I'll start with first of all, um, Things are always changing and not to change.
1: But people don't like it sometimes. It's not me. It's them. I don't know. They don't
2: like it. But, you know, (laughs) honestly, if I told people that El Cosmico probably wouldn't remain open if we don't do something to change it. But also, yeah, I mean, I've been through this as a a developer besides a designer and uh, and doing hotels and restaurants. You know, people blame me for ruining South Congress and, you know, we could go on and on, but that, you know, that's probably a whole other conversation, (laughs) but uh, I believe in good development. I believe you, you can't just leave a place. I mean, things have changed in Marfa over the years. Judd changed Marfa. Other people moving in as a collective have changed Marfa. All the businesses there have changed Marfa. Things The best you can do is to be a very responsible and good and thoughtful neighbor and be part of good change, not—and so that's a whole uh, subject. We're going to move El Cosmico. We're going to move the trailers. We're going to move the yurts. We're going to move the tents. We're not going to just have a new printed El Cosmico with none of the DNA of the sort of upcycled el cosmico that came before so part of my job will be you know Biarka's job his his folks get it he has an in- incredible team and you know one of the worst first things we did was go spend time at the existing el cosmico and they understood the language of the place they understood um the pattern of the place they understood the spirit of what we were doing and they've kind of infused everything they've done with that. My team's job will be to make sure it's funky, you know.
1: <laughs> and can you add from a from a design perspective what has your team implemented into the new El Cosmico and kind of walk us through the project, if you will?
3: Yeah, like uh, so, so, um, so. So already in, in the original master plan, and I think one of the things that's so great about El Cosmico as as it stands is this. Um, uh, I mean, of course, it has this concentric c- circular layout. Uh, it has an informality of of almost like rapid prototyping. It feels like Liz arrived, and in a way, asked ourselves what's the minimum necessary to create a place where people will commune and will sort of commune with e- with each other and 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 uh, and and with the cosmos. So, so you have you have sort of a I I believe there are South African bush tents as the kind of higher end you have trailers you you have uh, uh you know b- b- very um uh, you know like these sort of uh, wood, wood fired uh hot, hot tubs that that are sort of sim- simply placed there
2: uh you you, uh, you Those have... are Dutch biarca by the way.
3: What <laughs> Those are Dutch. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Fiberglass, uh, if I remember correctly. And, but you know, so everything has this, like, this kind of Texan can do rapid prototyping kind of feeling that it's, that it's. And I
2: should also give Jack Sanders credit for that, um, who is my good friend who helped me begin El Cosmico with, he has a firm called Design Build Adventure. And it's basically, let i mean there's it's a very christopher alexander approach to finding the language of the local way of building but it's also like what can we get today or how can we find it and how do we build out of this yeah
3: it's exactly so, so so it ends up having this kind of blatancy, uh and i think of course what what we're creating now is 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 one step up in in permanence but it's still this kind of very low low scale and um and because of the 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 medium for the for the three D printing will be mixed uh using the local uh, aggregates, uh, the local sand and, and and pebble. The the structures will appear as it growing out of the <clears throat> of the kind of bedrock or the desert floor. So it's going to be the let's say the same sand and dust solidified into architectural forms. Uh, because of the kind of horizontal striation, it's going to have this geological vibe and. Um, and then sort of continuing the kind of circular concentric master plan of the original uh El Cosmico uh we we've laid out the the different kinds of uh of homes and accommodation sort of uh c- creating these uh natural focal points the kind of arrival the the, the central uh, pool and and bath and changing rooms and 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 kind of a clubhouse and but also the the outdoor performance uh, band for 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 concerts, etc. So it's it's almost like a almost like a a festival campsite uh, solidified into a the kind of blueprint for a, a, a miniature uh, urban master plan for a, a small village or or community. And, and then I think sort of again playing with like maybe also a little bit in the spirit of of Judd, like one of the. One of the things he, he definitely pioneered was this idea of difference and repetition that uh, repeating elements in, in his case, various kinds of, uh, of boxy volumes, uh, using a single material and then repeating it many times, sometimes with a small variation, but each variation is so subtle, uh, or, and sometimes just simply, uh, uh pure repetition, uh, in a similar way, we, We uh, we decided to to work with uh, circles, cylindrical forms, and and basically silos, kind of three D printed silos, and and just like grouping them together to to form a a a cluster or family of rooms, Uh, and you end up having this beautiful play of the space in between. Sometimes the the silo is, is is a full container with a room inside. Some sometimes it's it's a half silo, and it helps. Create niches and and spaces in between, and, and of course the silos also evoke some some of the the, the water silos and and, uh, uh, and and some of the elements that you find in the in, in the ranch uh, ranch architecture. So so in that sense, it's it's almost like taking a bit a bit in the spirit, taking some of the indigenous elements of of the ranching culture of the desert of the of the desert material, and and putting it together in in a new way
2: using a, a new technique. It's very calming to see that too, right? To, to see not a bunch of different stuff, but of one or a few elements repeated over and over and over. I've always, um, I, my brother, I, who was a designer told me God, when I was really young that he, he said, you should let people be the color in the room. And this is that on a bigger scale, right? Give, let, let the color change or let different things happen there. I mean, I think as a hotelier, some, in some ways, we're just making a set for things to happen, right? And if you can give people something I wouldn't see in their everyday life that's often full of clutter and full of distraction, but some massing, I think it's a, a much more beautiful black backdrop and a much more calming backdrop.
3: It's also funny, like the first time I saw a prototype of a... Uh, of this kind of like t- tiny little adjacent unit in the back back lot in Austin when I when I met Jason for the first time they just finished printing the first one and I remember that um, that one could imagine when you think about robotic construction and additive manufacturing and three d printed homes you could fear a kind of future that felt stale and sterile brutalism in, yeah. in, in, instead there was this. Um, Uh, This almost artisanal quality, uh, the kind of human touch, if you like, of the imperfections of how the beads uh, laid on each other, Uh, the the rounded corners. It reminded me of of the Adobe architecture that you you also find in... uh,
2: You feel the hand in it, which is is crazy. It's robotic, but you do feel, because of the rounded surfaces and curves and stuff, it does feel like there's a hand in it. Exactly, and, and and I think in that sense, uh,
3: to um, rather than resisting or fighting against that that kind of robotic touch, <laughs> the, to actually embrace it and play with it, and 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 ironically, the the kind of raw finishes and the uh, the crafty quality that you find uh, elsewhere in Marfa and, and and definitely in the, in the architecture of of the different structures that the uh, the Judd built and renovated. Uh, you uh, you, fi- you find in a different kind of way, I think. Well, in-
2: that is also because in Marfa they built, even though you're seeing these houses that were built in the 20s and 30s and 40s, 50s, they're almost entirely built out of adobe. You don't know it because, of you know, we think of an adobe as something that happens in New Mexico or in Mexico, but because they have, you know, r- regular roofs, what we would consider a regular roof instead of a flat roof. But the, the the wall the Adobe was was the building material of the region because there weren't a lot of trees and it wasn't easy to get lumber and way before gyp board and those kinds of things. So most of those houses you see out there are Adobe built. So they it, which works great in the desert because you have this ma- thermal massing, you know, Adobe bricks that are you you know, it may be sixteen inches wide these windows and then it gives the you know, the windows, this beautiful setback and just this massing. So this is, MARF is a perfect place to do this because it is an ancient way way of building, but it's also the future here. And so you're using the same materials, just you're treating them a little differently. And that way you don't have chipboard, and you don't have, you know, all these other things. It, the material is the material you you don't need to paint it you know you know i think we might adorn some of it but you don't need to it's it's just it's a very honest material
1: i was i was just full disclosure i was a little skeptical of like the 3d printed house and i think you see this a lot on the internet people don't fully understand it until i toured the one they have on on the east side in austin and it was house one so of the nicest house. structures i think i've Ever been it's awesome.
2: In. Lake Flato did that. It, but it's beautiful, right?
1: Yes, it is absolutely wonderful. When Every I, space is very well thought out, and
2: well, I'm also blown away when I look at it. I look at that was built a couple of years ago or more, but um, when I see the control that they now have, that they're iterating so quickly with these printers, and to see the their ability to control the print now, and, and the it's just it's amazing how quickly they've come to uh through these you know the last few iterations what they're doing at Wolf Ranch is amazing. If you go out there and see those houses they're they're beautiful and their detail is really, really beautiful and I think people are gonna be so excited to live in them
1: so and it's gonna be this is a little off topic, but I have to ask Biarca, what is happening on the moon <laughs> <laughs> yes. The people want to know. They want to know.
3: <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of TBD, obviously. But but uh, you you know to, together with Icon together with Icon we 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 made a kind of conceptual design as part of the Artemis program, the Olympus project, uh, which is the part of the Artemis program. So Ar- Artemis was the was the twin sister of Apollo, and it's the name of. Uh, of the new uh, space program of of NASA and and Olympus is uh, is is obviously as the name suggests where the where not not the olympic gods but the but the humans will live on 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 the moon and uh and it should be close to the poles uh because on the, uh very close to the poles you have places of permanent sun or 97% sun over the year so you have abundant access to solar power and you also have places of permanent shade in the craters where you can dig up ice, water ice close to the surface, and you can make water and oxygen and hydrogen. So uh, as part of this this uh, design, we, we sort of designed together with, with ICON a, a habitat for four astronauts where they could live uh, for a month at a time. And as we were designing it, we were bouncing back and forth with the engineers of ICON to develop... The, the 3D printer that you would be able to send with a lander to the moon and that would be able to deploy autonomously, send out little scavengers to bring back regolith, essentially moon dust, and then use solar powered lasers to sinter the moon dust into a form of lunar lava or, or obsidian, a kind of you know, in in Game of Thrones, it would be called Dragon Glass, but essentially a kind of black
2: <laughs> glassy- technical <laughs> term.
1: Technical term, Dragon well, Glass. Well,
2: basically, yeah. basically, you're yeah. melting the silica and the moon dust to make it liquid, right? It's, exactly, and it becomes this beautiful black
3: glassy rock, very
2: strong. And as as as
3: as the next stage, uh, it, it has sort of it has essentially informed the new generation of icon printers. That will differ substantially from the, um, essentially the kind of gantry crane, uh, inkjet printers that, that they use now to something that is much more apt at operating in a, um, in a difficult terrain without laying tracks and without having a lot of engineers walking around in spacesuits, uh, nursing it. So. Essentially, and, and, and the first stage of this is actually happening right now where ICON has, has been commissioned to deliver such a printer to, to print a very, a very manageable, uh, artifact on, on the moon in a very near future. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and, and hopefully if all these things go well, it, it could, it could be as soon as, 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 as next at the turn of the, uh, of this decade that there could be uh, a a permanent structure on uh, on the moon. Of of course, there's a lot of ifs uh, and and a lot of decisions uh, and a lot of funding uh, ahead. So so right now what we've been doing is in the kind of conceptual and prototyping realm, but but it really feels like there is a momentum there now. Every major nation is trying to land something uh, on the moon. And uh, and done you know, more
2: successfully exactly. than others,
3: for sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and um, so, so, I think um, just just to put things in perspective, if we if we're talking about a potential 2030 date for opening a 2,000 square foot habitat for four astronauts on the moon, we're doing the the Prague Philharmonic or the Zurich Airport, the the largest wooden building on on, on Earth uh, when it's uh, when it's finished. Uh, they have completion dates in 2032. So we're we're talking about potential completion dates for uh, other otherworldly structures that that compete with the kind of typical time schedules of a of a of a terrestrial building. So uh I, I think the, the the lunar future is closer than ever and, and I think the the work we're doing with Liz is uh is just contributing to the knowledge and, and the technology and the experience uh that we need to uh, to make it so
1: awesome, Liz and I. I was joking with her before we got on the call that when I m- interviewed Melody from Icon and she was talking, I was like, "Oh gosh, I shouldn't be in this conversation." <laughs> I had flashbacks to that just now. Like, very, very smart. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll go back and re listen to it in slow motion. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just want to say, Liz Biarca, thank you so much for taking the time this is down to sit down and talk with me. Truly an honor. And if people want to find out, like. They're interested in El Cosmico. Where can they go to kind of learn more about it?
2: So we were talking about the Sunday homes, which are a part of El Cosmico that I'm super, super excited about. I've always wanted to do this as well, is to have a permanent community attached. Um, And so we're building upwards, you know, 35 houses or so uh, from 15, from, I forget, 2,000 square feet. There are two, three, and four-bedroom houses that you can buy. You can own a Biarca Ingalls, a big house Ooh, whoop, out whoop, in West whoop.
1: Texas. Flex.
2: And yeah. then, um, and then you can throw them back into the rental pool if you want. And so that, you know, I hope it does a lot of things that gives a El Cosmico a permanent community. It will help, you know, with we're going to have a bathhouse and a hamam and a restaurant and all these other things out there, uh, workshops and hopefully, you know, ceramic studios, those kinds of things. So those are, you can find those. For the, we've got many reservations already you can always sign up or you can always email us it's on the ICON website under Sunday Homes and it's on the El Cosmico website I believe as well under Sunday Homes we're so excited for that awesome So,
1: well thank you all this has been wonderful and uh, enjoy everybody thanks so Great
2: much
0: thank you for listening to an episode of Designed a podcast by Architectural Record If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate you taking a moment to subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, and leave us a comment. Have a wonderful day.